Hi guys, thanks for tuning back in. Just wanted to make a little corrective note before the episode begins. Um, I am going to leave all of the social links for my community contributors from today's episode in the description of the podcast episode um, on any of the platforms that you're downloading this from. So in the show notes, you'll see all of their um, linked information. They're doing wonderful things in the world. They're all dear friends and colleagues or peers of mine. Um, and I think that you guys will definitely resonate with what they have to say. Um, so I look forward to having other guests on in future, but um, please feel free to check these guys out. And as a little corrective note, um, a little boo-boo in <laughs> Brittany's intro, Brittany is actually the CEO and founder of her own radio station, Newark FM. It's an amazing um, offering. And so uh, the link to that website is in the show notes, but I definitely encourage you to check out um, the station and what they're doing there in addition to the record shop that she also has, which I mentioned in um, in the episode. So hope you enjoy. Have a really great rest of the holiday season. The last few days of 2019 are upon us and um, I wish you the best for the start of 2020. So enjoy the episode. Thank you. Hey guys, welcome back into the High Vibe Alchemist podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about normalizing failure. Um, It's been a very near and dear topic to me because in my own journey, I have encountered a lot of people and uh, engaged in a lot of conversations surrounding the topic of failure and um, what it teaches us and how we define it and what we can... um, re-envision it to be for each of us and how it can play a pivotal role in our own manifestations as well as um, helping us navigate the trepidatious waters, shall we say, about choosing to live a life that may seem different than uh, the accepted norm or the established system and order of doing things. Um, uh, Or just more simplistically following your own intuition and path. Um, Failure for me has been one of those huge trigger words growing up as a child. Um, I come from a family of fiercely independent, ambitious, successful, um, entrepreneurial in their own way, spirits and minds. Um, I'm a first generation American. My parents are immigrants and I am proud of it. Um, They came here with nothing and um, really no support system when they got here, no family, no friends, and carved out a life for them, which by any measurable standard would be the American dream. And um, though their successes vary in their monetary accomplishments, um, their accolades, um, what's not missed upon me or anyone that has ever encountered a member of my family is that the resiliency and dedication to creating something with very little um, is something that should be revered and appreciated in um, all of its glory. Both of my parents immigrated here in their um, late teens, early 20s, um, came here, finished an education, uh, found themselves in a strange country with strange customs, and went to work, um, got jobs, several jobs, in fact. Um, my father worked many different types of jobs, from 
being a taxi driver to working in a uh, swing line factory to um, eventually being placed um, in one of those accounting programs and um, exceeding sellingly well at that and becoming one of the board of directors of the credit union for the United Nations um, up until his retirement. And um, my mom, a lifelong dedicated nurse and um, wellness servant um, at a geriatric hospital in Chinatown um, for over 35 years, um, working her way up from a staffer to a nurse practitioner to a head nurse, um, and then being one of the most revered leading uh, women leaders in her hospital um, upon her retirement last year. Um, and that's just a couple of examples in my immediate family of my, my own story. Um, so it was very um, emboldening. It was very um, encouraging, but also, you know, a bit intimidating <laughs> Um, growing up in a family where you were measured by the successes of the others who were around you. Um, and bless the hearts of all of my family members. Um, they had a very um, unique challenge in the sense that um, they literally had to pave the road for themselves. There was no one to hold their hand. There was no one to um, catch them when they fell and um, I have been privileged enough to say that my parents have caught me on more than one occasion. And not that I make a habit of it and not that I'm any less grateful when it happens, but I have to acknowledge that um, that support system is very important. So when people are succeeding in spite of not having those things, um, it's even more powerful and it's even more deserving of our respect and reverence. Um, but in, in its own way, I have also diverged from what my parents understood or understand and came to understand as um, defining success. You know, I think that having won or, you know, succeeded at the, the hard fought battle of toiling literally day in and out in any way you can, um, that concept of hustling, that concept of um, I got to do what I need to do to feed my family and provide for my loved ones and, you know, make a legacy for myself. Um, there were established ways of doing those things here when they got to this country. And I think what they were taught before they got here. Um, and so it was instilled in me in a very young age that the number one thing was education. And I still believe that to this day. I think the best thing that you can do for anyone is to educate them. Um, you know, as the saying goes, you can feed a man for one night, but if you teach him to fish, he can feed himself forever. It's that very same concept. You know, if you can teach a person to um, think for themselves and encourage them to do that and allow their creativity to flourish, they will find the ways in order to make um, a successful and fulfilling life for themselves. Um, supporting someone for the moment is great, and sometimes that's needed. Um, but what we don't want to do is enable people to remain where they are. We always want to encourage people to be the best that they can be. And um, I think teaching is one of the most noblest um, professions that you can ever go into. Um, I think we all, if we you know, 
are humble enough to look back and reflect on the teachings that we've received from family members, loved ones, and even teachers that we've come across in our own education, um, mentors as well in our professional career and friends. Um, everyone knows that teachable moment. Everyone knows and remembers that teacher who was able to get through to them, um, who was able to communicate a piece of information and drive it home and that it lasts. It's It sticks with you. It's not something that ever necessarily fades and um, you're forever grateful for that because it, it actually crystallizes the person that you are as an adult and um, it really does shape the choices you make and why you make them um, and your view on the world. So so teaching is something that I hold a lot of respect for and love for in my heart um, and I um, will never not say that teachers deserve more. <laughs> um, they deserve the most. Um, so this week, uh, I'm talking about failure. I'm talking about us um, trying to normalize the concept of failure. Um, so going back to talking about growing up in my family, um, I was instilled in a very young age, like I said, that education was first, and I strongly believe that. Um, and my father instilled in me very early on that it was very important for you to understand that you needed to have a um, choice or a profession that provided you with financial stability. Um, also very important. And my father was open-minded enough to um, say to his children, there's three daughters that he has, that we could choose whatever profession we wanted to choose as long as we could make a living doing it, you know? Um, and, you know, looking back, not even looking back, at the time I knew that was extremely progressive. My father is a traditional West Indian man. <laughs> um, coming from a traditional West Indian background where most people are accountants, which he is, um, lawyers, doctors, nurses, those are the traits. <laughs> um, and, you know, he didn't have that choice. And so I think it was important for him that his children had that choice. And I think he fought for us to be able to have it. Um, so that was that was two of many rules, but I think probably the um, two outstanding ones for me. Um, the third, probably, um, I would add as being one of the most outstanding would be uh, the time my father sat me and my sisters down and told us the real truth, which was um, we were black females. <laughs> we knew this. But um, the triggering truth was that we were going to be perceived as having two strikes against us when we evolved and advanced in our adulthood lives. And I remember at the time being so... Um, I wouldn't say necessarily hurt, but definitely definitely confronted, you know? Um, and he went on to explain that the two strikes would be that you were black and that you were female. And so you were going to have to be twice as good, twice as fast, twice as strong, twice as smart in order to get maybe half of what people are naturally handed over. Um, and if you were lucky, the same. And I remember getting that lesson and I remember knowing it was right and being triggered by the fact that it was right um, and the injustice of that um, statement. But I think as we all, uh, as I mentioned about teachable moments, um, that was one for me that 
solidified in me that no one was going to limit who I was because of how they perceived me. Um, so really very important lessons early on in my, in my childhood. And so I uh, was a child who was cautious, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I felt like I picked out what I knew I was going to do at a very early age. Um, it was creative. My parents did not escape that in any of their children. Um, my mom's a nurse. My dad is an accountant by trade and hugely, um, uh, hugely, how would you say, he is a numbers person, like logistic, lo- uh, logical to the T. Um, it astounds me how good he is with numbers. But coming from those two uh, archetypes, my older sister is a film producer, screenwriter, and actor. I um, am a trained interior designer. Um, my younger sister went to uh, fashion and merchandising school for undergraduate and now works in sustainability and textiles management. So none of their children went that traditional route of let me pick lawyer for 500 or (laughs) doctor for seven years. Um, And I think to this day, you know, there might be a twinge of regret about not forcing us to do one of those things. But hey, you're you're dealt the hand you're dealt, right? Um, and so even though I picked a creative field, I went very hard at it. Like I, I made sure I took the classes in high school and did the thesis to graduate um, with an elective in, you know, actually feng shui for interior design. I picked a school where I could, you know, advance that career and I made a plan that when I got out of it, this is what I was going to do um, out of school. That is, this is what I was going to do. I was one of those people who entered college freshman year knowing where they wanted to go and what they wanted to do. And I didn't appreciate how rare that was at the time. Um, but also, um, it definitely closed doors on me, you know, exploring other avenues that who knows where I may have ended up if I had left the gate open a little bit more. Um, So there are pros and cons to both sides. Um, But then, you know, I graduated in 2005. And um, by 2008, we all know the recession hit. um, And very much the paradigm of the steps of you go to school, you get good grades, you go to college, you graduate, you get a degree, you get a job, you get a good job that pays back for the school you went and, you know, spent all that money on and got student loans for, um, gets paid off. And then you, you know, work at that for 25 years and you get promotions and you get to a certain position and then you retire and you have savings and you live out your life. Um, that paradigm totally shifted probably around the second to last year of me being in college. Um, I think the writing, we knew the writing was on the wall. Um, Obviously, a few years before we could say 2008 was the year of the recession. Um, But uh, up until that point where I graduated, I could see my, the peers of my sister, who was about six or seven years older than me, um, you know, still being on the tail end of that successful trend where they had gotten their bachelor's, gotten their master's, um, was able to work for really great financial houses or um, tech companies. And they were buying the duplexes in the West Village and living in Tribeca and um, buying the houses and all of those 
wonderful things that were noted to be the measures of success, right? And then um, the financial crisis hit and people were coming out of school, including myself, trying to find their first job and realizing that they were competing with seasoned 45-year-olds with 10 plus years of experience for the same position as you because there literally were no jobs. Um, And so I was faced, as many of my peers were, with the stark reality that the established way of doing things was no longer going to be the road we could take. And so we had to get creative. Um, I, you know, definitely was not um, at that point the creative person I feel like I, I, I am today in terms of, okay, that's not going to work, so let's figure it out. Um, I definitely went the, tried to remain the traditional route and I stuck with the very first job I could get, which was from an internship in college. Um, and then took a leap and a significant pay cut to try to get into my established career and um, quickly found that what I thought I wanted to do in my industry was actually not what I was interested in doing at all. Um, and then kind of stumbled upon um, a, a, a job that turned into a career that turned into the story that led me to um, actualizing what I really wanted out of my life. Um, so I in no way was like this person at 21 that was like, oh, I'm going to take life by the reins and just make it what I want it to be. Um, I had to stumble through blindly as most of us did at that time. Um, so when I got to the point in my career where I started to realize I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing I'm getting the monetary value I think I should be getting, but I'm still not finding this missing piece. That was the start of me having this conversation about failure. Um, So I would say the first example for me was when I decided I was going to quit my job Um, the first time. (laughs) And that moment for me was very pivotal because I was very much faced with this question of, if I'm leaving this, is this failure? And um, what did failure really have over me? Failure was not an option for me growing up. You had to be the best. You had to be um, better than the best. And that was really what was um, revered. That was what was highlighted. Um not only in my family, but societally, culturally, it was the the more you succeeded, the better you were at things, the more light you got on, shined on you. And the more you were, were upheld by your peers, your community, your friends, um, the winner got it all, right? And so when you decide to make a decision like quitting your job uh, and walking away from what looks like a successful trajectory or career, um, there is that hint of like, oh, you, you're quitting because you couldn't make it or you couldn't cut it. And so in some way you fail. Um, and so I dealt with that um, feeling for quite a while. And thankfully, in the end, my intuition won out of the brain chemistry. And I took that leap and quit my first job and definitely wasn't easy, but I wouldn't be where I am today and I wouldn't be so content in where I'm headed if I didn't have that conversation with myself about failure very early on.
So um, as time progressed, there were many failures. Um, I, you know, struggled sometimes with paying my rent or figuring out how I was going to have any type of safety net if financially, if I needed to. Um, I had to take make sacrifices and I had to humble myself in realizing what it is that was important to me and the sacrifices I would need to make in order for me to be content with how I was living my life. Um, so failures were something that I got comfortable with to the point where it didn't phase me to understand that I was going to fail at some point. And because of that, it empowered me to keep going and find those successes because I understood that it was cyclical. Nothing comes without a cost and everything that is valued to you comes uh, with hard work and at a price and at some sacrifice. Nothing that is worth it comes easy, right? Um, And so it got me to having these conversations with folks that I admired, that mentored me, my peers that were going through the same things. Um, surrounding the topic of failure and how do we normalize it. Because in normalizing it, we take the power away, the fear out of um, being rejected or meeting a wall or hearing the word no. And then we turn that into, well, how can I turn this into a yes? How can I turn this into an open door? How can I make a window where there is no door? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. How do we start this conversation on normalizing failure? And uh, the topic for this podcast came to me as well. Let's start it the same way that I did by having other people in my peer group and those around me um, sharing the same or similar experiences that I am, um, share their thoughts. I think the more that we talk and communicate with each other, even if it's just sharing ideas, as always, takes what resonates with you and leave the rest. But I think just opening the conversation is the first way in to normalizing this uh, experience and uh, letting us all um, interface with the fact that this is something that is normal. It is a part of everyday life. And um, the more easily we start to embrace it, the more we can learn from it and uh, move into those periods of success that we are always striving for. I have three wonderful community contributors who are going to share their thoughts on um, how failure has impacted their lives and their thoughts on it. And um, I think it's going to be profoundly uh, influential in how we keep this conversation going in terms of how do we um, educate our children, um, educate each other, how do we foster that support within each other as a community to start being a little bit more bold about uh, going after our goals and our dreams, um, really trusting ourselves and trusting what feels right for us, and uh, carving out those lives that we are truly fulfilled by um, and live with passion for every day. So I'm excited to introduce these three guests Um the first person up is going to be a longtime friend and colleague of mine who uh, we met working at a spa together. She is an amazing massage therapist, Reiki practitioner, 
um, and healer. She, uh, her hands are literally magical. Um, I have the joy of still working with her. And um, we've shared so many great conversations along the way. She's been a massage therapist for over 10 years. Um, she does both private and uh, private practice clients as well as work in the studio that I am working with um, her at currently here in Brooklyn. Her name's Raquel, and she has a great little clip on how failure has taught her many lessons in her 10 plus career, um, year career as a healer. Um, so let's listen in. And it uh, definitely reminded me of this quote by Oprah that um, goes, there's no such thing as failure. Failure is just life's way of trying to move us in another direction. Um, so let's listen in and see what she has to say. So what has failure taught me and how has it helped me in my personal life and my business? Honestly, I think it's just like it it shows it showed me like how much how how quickly I can bounce back. And it's like, okay, it's it's always like you think you think you know something, right? And you think, okay, I got it all figured out. And you go after it. And then it blows up in your face. And you have your moment. I think everybody, it's important that you have your moment when it does happen. But then it's like, it teaches you how to react. You know, the first time you fail epically, you're just like, okay, what do I do? And you fall apart. The world is dark. But you kind of get used to it because that's how you learn. This is how you get out of your comfort zone. You would never step out of your comfort zone if you're always playing it safe. So going into anything worth doing, there is that element of failure because you don't know what you're doing. You just kind of, you have an idea, but you take that leap and then you see what happens. And it's okay if you fall apart. You know, it's okay if it doesn't work out the way it planned because now you got a little bit more knowledge than you had before. So like with business, you would, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to school for business. I'm learning as I go. I'm learning from my peers, things I see, and I figure out, okay, does that work for me? No. Does that make me uncomfortable? Yes. Should I try it? Cool. And that's really what it comes down to. Same thing with relationships. You know? Keep trying. It's always a lesson learned. There's never... As long as you put the effort and as long as you keep getting back up, you know when it's good for you and you know when it's not. And you got to realize, all right, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. Now it's just time to walk away. So, yeah. I enjoy my failures because I've learned a lot. So what I love about Raquel's uh, audio clip, thank you so much, Raquel, is um, her concept of resiliency and bouncing back. Um, first and most important, giving yourself the time to um, be in the moment and experience what we quote unquote are labeling failure to be, uh, that sense, that emotion, that energy. 
giving space to it, allowing it to happen and understanding the lesson that is meant to come from it, or at least to start to look for the lesson that's meant to come from it. Um, I remember reading about um, a, a quote from Lady Gaga. It's not really a quote, but like she was describing how when she first was signed to her first uh, recording label, they like dropped her after three months. And she recalled um, talking to her mom and saying she wanted to go see her grandma. She wanted to see her grandmother and she cried in her lap for hours and hours. And her grandmother said to her, like, I'm going to let you cry and you're going to have the whole day to do that. Do it as long as you want, however much you need to. But after the day is over, you're going to need to dry your tears and get up and kick some ass. And um, it's funny because that's what we're talking about here. I think that's what Raquel is talking about. It's like, give yourself the time to sit with it um, because it's really the way that you need to process and digest what's happening. But then also um, make space to move beyond that and to take the lesson that you needed to learn and put it to good use. So um, I think it's a great message there. And it is, you know, as I mentioned about that quote from Oprah earlier, um, I also see failures, quote unquote, as um, a sign from yourself intuitively, um, but also those guiding you if you believe in things like that, um, the universal energies, whatever you want to call it. But it is a way for you to understand that even though you might have had your mindset on seeing things one way, you need to look at it from another perspective. Take a step back, um, reevaluate, reca- uh, recalibrate, sorry, and um, go at it differently, but with some added learning from the experience that you just overcame. So our next person up um, is my dear friend, Brittany. People so many uh, times have come up to me along the way and have uh, remarked on how they are impressed by the fact that I have started this journey and um, how inspiring it is to them to try to follow the same suit. And I have to admit that Brittany, um, even being someone who's younger than me, um, we went to college together. I actually got to know her because she's a really, she's one of my younger sister's best friends. Um, and I really have to say that Brittany was probably one of the first people um, I knew in my peer group who was uh, making her own lane. Um, I've known Brittany to be a freelancer um, entrepreneur for over a decade easily um, and beyond. And every time she put something out into the world. It's so intentional. It's so thoughtful. It's so creative. It's so full of talent um, that you're actually amazed that you know someone who's doing this thing. And so um, as people remark to me how inspiring um, I have been for them, she has definitely been one of those people who have been inspiring for me. So Brittany um, majored in communications and media. She um, has been a film editor, um, music editor for uh, years and um, has forayed into um, starting her own recording studio and um, record shop. She is an amazing collector of music and just uh, a person who can put 
really great playlists together. Um, she's always the person that I would go to these like random indie concerts with. We'd have like the best times. And um, she's also someone who along my own journey, we've had conversations about um, how empowering and how justifying it is to live a life that is um, outside the norm of what's accepted, but yet feels and resonates so deeply with you as to um, where you're meant to be and what you're meant to do while you're here. Um, So Brittany, for me, um, I want to say her clip on um, normalizing failure and what failure has, has kind of taught her again, goes back to the concept of resiliency and um, getting back up after you fall. And so her segment definitely reminded me of this Nelson Mandela quote that goes, um, do not judge me by my successes. Judge me by how many times I fell down and got back up again. And I think that it was just um, so profound in her audio how she talks about um how failure teaches you to get back up again and shows you what you can pull from in your depths. So let's listen to Brittany's audio clip. Failure has taught me a lot of things, (laughs) but I guess one of the main things I've learned while failing is um, that I'm a lot stronger and resilient than I thought. I've had a bunch of setbacks in my early life in business and entrepreneurship that felt in the moment like they were insurmountable. And then you get to brainstorming and pivoting and finding solutions. And before you know it, you're on the other side of that obstacle, (laughs) most likely bracing yourself for the one that's to come. But, you know, with a lot more confidence, knowing that you've, you know, overcome battles that came before it and you'll overcome this one um i mentioned solutions and failure also teaches you how to get creative (laughs) okay plan a didn't work time to hit up the old reservoir of creativity to figure out plan b or c or d or e or f (laughs) it's a cliche but you know for good reason there really is no true success without failure. All of your creative, entrepreneurial, brilliant heroes have failed. And I don't know, I've grown to look at my failure as just part of the story. So, yeah, I mean, I think Brittany covered it. (laughs) Um, I think one of the biggest things about um, paving your own path, no matter what that looks like, is that failure is inevitably a part of it, but it ultimately is your greatest teacher. Um, it also forces you to get creative, and that's you know part of that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, when I talked about earlier making a window where there's a door, it is constantly um, you know being on your toes and being able to change directions and pivot, as she says, and make a new lane, um, come up with a different solution. It can be nerve wracking and terrifying, but at the same time, ultimately exhilarating and fulfilling when you have unlocked that next challenge or, um, you know, surpassed a milestone for yourself. 
And so, you know, there isn't just a plan A and a plan B. You literally can run the gamut from plan A to Z. And oftentimes you're going to have to be willing to revise and revamp and re-envision what you're doing in order to make it a better version than the last and um, to make it more successful than the previous attempt. Um, But either which way, you know that there's only 24 hours in the day, seven days in the week, and you will get to that next day um, as long as you keep pushing. So... Uh, Thanks, Brittany. That was truly inspiring. And uh, again, you need to keep up with all of the amazing things that you're doing. Um, Last but not least, we are going to hear from Candice. Candice is another dear friend of mine. um, Also, uh, one of my peer groups who uh, I shared undergraduate experiences with her. And uh, she is actually in uh, education, but um, majored in media as well. And she, uh, like most of us today, have more than one job and more than one career that she's pursuing. Um, So she talks about her um, interaction with failure and her experience with failure, um, the importance that it is to her from her perspective uh, being in education, but also from the perspective of someone who is um, observing and commenting on a sports field. Um, so let's listen to her clip and uh, we'll dive back in. So I think that being comfortable with failing should be taught in schools and that parents should let their children know that failing is an option. <laughs> it's not an option that we choose. So rather it's, I should say that failure is something to be expected but you should always strive to do your best, obviously, in whatever venture that you are going for. I know that in my life, I have, quote unquote, failed many times. But then yet again, failure is also subjective. What may seem like a failure to yourself may not be a failure to other people and vice versa. So whenever I think about failure, I think that it's subjective. And whatever you deem it to be, regardless, it's a gateway for you to do better, to strive for more. And you can always learn from failure. And that's why I feel as though failing isn't a bad thing. We're not perfect. We're human beings and we're prone to making mistakes. Uh, We're not robots. So failure is completely fine. I know that in my career, the career that I've chosen or careers, plural, when it comes to working within media and entertainment and sports, um, failure happens. You know, when you're talking about sports, there can only be one winning team or one victor, um, no matter what sports that you end up competing in. Um, in my case, I'm immersed in the independent wrestling team or scene. So, <laughs> you know, there's always going to be one person who remains or either remains victorious or becomes victorious depending on the storyline or you know there's another person who ends up failing who is the loser but when you think about wrestling and if you are a wrestling fan or if you are um, familiar with 
the WWE, for instance, there is always a weekly storyline. There's always a champion and there's always a challenger. And sometimes you have the person that failed come back and they end up gaining the title that they might have lost or taking that title belt away from a, ch a champion who has, you know, been a champion for 283 days out of the year. So failure happens, but it's nothing to be scared of because at the end of the day, if you fail, you can always come back up and make a situation that seems very dismal better. You can become the champion in your own way. It's a matter of taking the time out to learn from your mistakes, having patience with yourself, and having faith in whatever situation that you happen to be, um, whether it's for professional reasons or personal reasons. So I think Candace makes some great points on um, her experience with failure. I love the fact that she mentions that she thinks that the normalization of failure, the conversations around failure should be something that's taught in school. Um, I wholeheartedly agree. From a very early age, we are conditioned and, um, you know, uh, kind of narrowed to believe that success is the ultimate goal and winning is all that matters. Um, and as much as I think competition is healthy and I think that um, that can inspire um, ambition and drive, as it, it often does. I think there also needs to be a conversation around um, the fact that success is not something that happens overnight um, and that success ultimately includes uh, failure. And so normalizing the experience of not succeeding at something is a fundamental to uh, really getting to succeed ultimately in the end, um, but also to learning very important things about yourself. Um, I also love the fact that she kind of took on the um, the concept of her experience in the wrestling world and this idea of, you know, the weekly challenger concept um, of how the winner today might not necessarily be the winner tomorrow and how uh, failure, quote unquote, or not being able to be the winner today does not necessarily mean that that can't change. Um, and I think the ingredient that we are seeing along the lines of all our contributors today is that the key ingredient is learning the lesson and the key and to improve upon what you were doing previously in order to um, be better the next time around um, or to make a further stride or maybe to fail again, but then to fail at something where you learn something additionally and ultimately to get to that point of success um, that you makes you feel like a winner. And, um, you know, whether that is a, a winning concept in the public's eye or society's eye or just your own heart, um, the concept of failing, the concept of having to stop and start again is something that we all should become intimately um, involved with because it is one of the greatest teachers. Um, so, you know, for Candace's little clip, I thought of um, the quote from Charles Barkley because he's in the sports world where he basically states, if you're afraid of failure, you don't deserve to be successful. And um, all of the great leaders, the great minds, those people that we um, look to in business and sports, um, you know, um, Serena Williams or Steve Jobs or Bill Gates, um, any of these 
quote unquote leaders that we see as successful and as people we kind of uphold all will say and have said at some point in their lives that failure plays a pivotal role in um, how they're successful. And so I think we all need to take stock of, of that and um, really bring that into our own lives so that we can live more boldly, as I was saying before, um, and take more risks, you know, like, um, it, and mostly the risks that are involved in going against the grain and um, not being afraid to uh, make your own path. So thanks, Candace. Thanks so much for that. Um, in the end, I think for me, I had this conversation of confronting the concept of failure, defining it for myself. And I walked away with the idea that what I felt like was a priority for me in my life and how I wanted to see that play out um, was my success. I started off very early in my life and in my career to strive for this monetary value, this label of accolades, the the titles, the promotions, um, the peer groups that I was in to define um, my quote unquote success and to being successful. Um, And that shifted the moment I would say I took that first leap of quitting my job um, and having that first conversation with myself around failure. And I came to understand consequently in, in subsequent years that I didn't look at the choices that I was making as failures. Um, I looked at them as changes in directions, evolutions, and um, transformations, most definitely transformations. Um, and I also realized that for me, what made the difference was the impact that I was having on other people's lives um, in a positive way. And I felt like if I could make a difference in any way to somewhere, someone else, um, as I was also helping myself, um, that really was the currency of success that I traded and, and wanted to continue to work with. That's the energy exchange that I um, highlighted as the number one priority for me. Um, and it's not to say, as I always have said in the past, it's not about like not paying your bills and it's not like those things aren't important and having that stability isn't important. Um, but what is most important for me is the feeling I have when I lay down at night and go to sleep that I am doing something that I feel like is contributing as a, as a gift of gratitude for me even being here, um, in general. Um, so for me, uh, I felt like that kind of tied up in Michelle Obama's quote of success isn't about how much money you make. It's about the difference you make in people's lives. And um, that has is what is kind of leading me in every offering that I have nowadays. Um, it's definitely the reason why I started my um, newsletter, this podcast, um, why I've shifted directions in my career many of times. Um, ultimately to get to the point and to keep being in alignment with um, who is this helping and how am I contributing. And so I know that there will be many more failures to come. And um, although I'm never going to be the person to say, I'm going to greet that with open arms and yay, (laughs) that's going to be such an experience. Um, I meet each failure very differently than the last. And it is always with a sense of reverence and um, respect 
in search of a lesson and the understanding that um, a new day will dawn and I have uh, gotten up before and I'll get up again. So I encourage you to remember that, that your quote unquote failures and how you perceive them um, really should be something that teaches you how resilient you are, um, encourages you to get up and try again and uh, sparks a recognition in you that nothing that is worth it comes without hard work and failure. And so if you're failing, you're doing something right. So I hope that this message finds you well. Um, I look forward to coming back and talking with you guys some more. Again, as always, please um, send in some ideas and some topics you want to hear about. Um, If you want to be a guest with me or you want to contribute some audio that will be in an upcoming episode, feel free to drop me a line on Instagram at the High Vibe Alchemist uh, via DM, or you can send me an email at highvibealchemist at gmail.com. So I look forward to talking with you guys again. Have a great week. Bye for now.